I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Big news this week. Lots of big news in the world of health this week. Very excited to cover some of this stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, this is... Uh, so Sadie, our lovely patron. Lovely. Who's been with us for, uh, for a while now. Um, always, always chiming in with the funnies over on Discord. Um, and always seemingly uh, DMing me on Instagram with the perfect timing right before we record with shit... That we most certainly need to talk about on the podcast. Do you she think that Sadie has sleuthed? I think she knows she's when done we record. Some, she's done some sleuthing. And <laughs> she sent me two articles today. And I was like, whoa, both of these are going in the show. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, Sadie, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you and all that you do in, in terms of uh, producing the podcast in the back end there. Uh, she sent me this. And I am fucking blown away that I didn't catch this before Sadie sent it to me. Psilocybin and MDMA approved for medical use in Canada. No. Yeah. Really? Oh, I saw the psilocybin bit uh, a week or two ago. I saw a post from um, uh, Theracil, um, but I, but I, it kind of like, I just kind of like breezed past like some sort of post that they made that was some sort of announcement. And I I never really, I never really like caught it, but it must've been this. Mm. So, uh, Canada has amended federal regulations now allowing patients suffering from life-threatening mental illnesses to be treated with MDMA and psilocybin. The active psychedelic chemical found in some mushrooms uh, have been trialed and tested for years. We've been talking about this on the show for, for a long time now um, and has now been approved for use beyond palliative care. So, you know, I think it was last year we, we, uh, we had Thomas Hartle on who was the the first Canadian who was granted compassionate care use to use psilocybin for, um, you know, he, he was terminal of cancer. Um, and, uh, he was one of the first people in Canada to use it, uh, under like clinical, um, uh, supervision in order to help him with his, uh, his anxiety surrounding end of, end of life care. Um, and, and, you know, considering that he's palliative. Um, but, uh, they've, they've, gone beyond that. It's no longer just for people in palliative care like Thomas Hartle. And now anybody who is, um, who is living with mental illnesses that are, that are severe, uh, will have the right to use both MDMA and psilocybin. Wow. Uh, Both psilocybin and and MDMA MDMA could also be approved for use if granted legal exemption from the country's health minister. Patients suffering from mental illnesses will now be able to access both drugs through the special access program, which gives them help to those where, where therapy is otherwise unsustainable or hasn't worked. According to physicians, the drugs will only be allowed for use, quote, in a controlled individualized fashion mm-hmm. under conventional supervised therapy. 
The approval has taken years to come after it was first proposed in late 2020, later causing discussions and debates around the topic when the consultation was moved to the public, although the response was overwhelmingly supportive of the legal move. Quote, there has been emerging scientific evidence supporting potential therapeutic uses for some restricted drugs, most notably psychedelic restricted drugs such as MDMA and psilocybin, the Canada's government official communication stated. Published by the Canada Gazette, the communication also added that, quote, many submissions describe the mental health status of Canadians as being poor. They also commented that the existing treatment options for many mental health disorders are limited, relatively ineffective, and or accompanied by negative side effects. The breakthrough pharmaceutical approval will set a milestone in Canada's medical history and provide better information for countries across the globe to potentially follow suit in the years to come. Does this remind you guys of when they legalized weed for uh, medical use? Yeah. I should say. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't really remember. I mean, I, when, I, when was that? It was, um, it was, I mean, it was a number of years ago, ago now, like yeah, long we were children. Probably like, yeah. No, God. For medical use. Yeah. It would have been like 15 years ago, maybe. What? I was going to say like eight, nine years ago. I don't know. Let's, let's, uh, should we ask, uh, Schmeckza or something? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I can hear it with the headphones on. You know, um, you know what's interesting about that, that, that strikes me just, and just in light of the conversation we just had, which you're listening to this this Friday. I'm not sure exactly when this will come out. We spoke to, uh, uh, Quadjo on the podcast again, ICU doc, and it's about COVID, but, but, but broadly speaking, about like, the discrepancy between the discrepancy between what we know about what we know about something versus the policy that that is present mm. and this is something for this is something for psilocybin it's like th- there's a there's a ma- there has been a massive gap between what we know about the about the uh compound and the policy that yeah. surrounds it yeah. it's been demonized for a long time just the same way that a cannabis had was and then you realize, <clears throat> oh, there's all these auxiliary benefits to it. Not even not auxiliaries is even too casual. Direct, uh, you know, measurable, uh, profound impacts that it has. Yeah. Positive impacts that it has. So, uh, according to this list here, this is from uh, CTV News. In 1996, uh, California became the first state to legalize medical marijuana. In 1999, two Canadian patients get the federal okay to smoke pot. But it was in 2000 that courts ruled Canadians have a constitutional right to use cannabis as a medicine. Um, and so that was 22, 22 years ago. Years wow. yeah. ago. Brian, do you remember that, that documentary? Dude, Joe Rogan was the narrator of it. It was on, oh. it was on the underground <laughs> pot business. Yeah. What was it called? I, I, I know exactly it was what from like, It was from like the um. early to mid-2000s. It was called like The Biz or something like that. And it was about... It was a basically Isn't Mark Emery in it. Too? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it was basically about like the underground business of cannabis. And it had a lot of like, it had a lot of talk about the medical benefits and blah, 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 blah. Um, which really all served for the precursor to what, what, you know, what we, what would become legalization. And I remember it was the, it was the head of the RCMP for BC who was talking a lot about like grow ops and all these yeah. things. And, and he was going, he said in that documentary I think that cannabis will be legal in Canada within 10 years. Now, that was probably like 2004, 2005, 2006 that that documentary came out. Yeah. And I remember going, 
yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so and then ten, and then what? Twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? Yeah. And then it was it was, it was two thousand thirteen that new regulations changed in Canada, uh, making medical access marijuana. They sh- shifted the rules, shifting to licensed commercial growers for supply and away from homegrown. Mm. Uh, some thirty seven thousand eight hundred people authorized to possess marijuana under the federal program up from fewer than 100 in 2001. So I think wow. that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of too. Yeah, so that was 2013. Yeah. So um, do you think do you think that this um legalization for medical use in Canada of psilocybin and MDMA, do you think that will do you think we'll see this sort of same thing happen with recreational I, use? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not I mean maybe not quite as fast, you know. So we're looking at Let's see here. Let's do the math. 2000, they ruled that that we have, the Canadians have a constitutional right to use cannabis as medicine. And then it wasn't until uh, patients and producers authorized under the old regulations required to destroy stocks of pot. Um, I mean, when was it like 2015? 2017, it, it was legalized. Okay, yeah. so so yeah. 17 years it wow. took. Yeah. Now, I, I bet you I bet you would actually be probably quicker. Faster because of because of, because of because, cannabis. Yeah, yeah because cannabis, cannabis probably set the precedent there. It is interesting, yeah. though, like the way that I remember in 2010, Taylor, when we went to Vancouver, we, we went by uh, Mark Emery's uh, cannabis culture mm-hmm. shop and uh, and uh, the BC Marijuana Party headquarters was upstairs there on East Hastings Street. And uh, I remember talking to somebody there as a 20 year old and they were talking about all the medicinal benefits of cannabis and like as a 20 year old who just smoked weed to get high, I was like, Whoa, shit, no way, dude. It's so good for you. But then seeing firsthand the, um, profound effect that it had on my mom, uh, when she was going through her cancer treatment and like cancer, the, the drugs that treat cancer are so they wreak havoc on your body. And, and to see how shitty she was doing, um, trying to deal with like having all those, those uh, chemical drugs in her body that were that were making her better and curing her cancer, still fucking her up, but fucking her up so badly. And then uh, the relief that she got when she was able to get uh, medical marijuana because that was in 2016, right before they legalized it. Mm. And so, like seeing that effect that it had on her, and she wasn't it. It wasn't even the THC getting her really high that made her better. Better. It was like like even the the appetite to eat yeah. and like mm-hmm. and and all of these other things but but uh starting to view those drugs that you know I saw as as these like amazing recreational fun things to do at, for the medicinal benefits that they have is so important i mean it's still fun to do them recreationally yeah. but like we do have to acknowledge the fact that these have profoundly powerful totally. medicinal benefits totally. yeah i mean it's it, it like we, I, I mean, we're seeing it now with mushrooms, you know, the, 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 and in a very similar fashion to what we saw with, with marijuana, not so much with MDMA right now. Like, like I, right now I could go to a very like public open source website uh, and order mm-hmm. a bottle of shrooms to just show up at my house, you know, like a bottle of microdose caps, psilocybin caps filled with lion's mane psilocybin, and it'll show up to my door in, in a matter of days and there's like it doesn't feel sketchy i'm sure i mean obviously it's not legal but it doesn't feel <laughs> weird doesn't feel sketchy 
And we, we, we saw the same thing with weed before we became, you know, like available here in, in Canada in like our, our liquor stores and, you know, whatever. Um, I think it's, I think really we're just around the corner from, from seeing the same thing happen with, with mushrooms and, and Molly, like, dude, we're, we're right around the corner of like our grandparents being like, well, I guess I'm going to have some Molly uh, guys. You know? I, well, I because am, it's a profound, it's a profound experience, a profound, beautiful, yeah. fucking I loving am, experience. Yeah. I'm super bummed though, to be honest about, uh, the, the biggest downfall to weed being legalized is, is that it takes the adventure out of getting high. Like yeah. the yeah. best part about getting high before Meeting some weed was shady dude in an alleyway, buying weed yeah. in a parking lot of like a church. Dude, or I saw I saw a photo. I saw a photo <laughs> of a kid. I won't say his name. I saw a photo of a kid that you used to coach uh, in paddling, <laughs> and he's probably like twenty years old. And him and a, a, a few of his friends, they had this like they had this like tray on the table, and they had a ton of they had like like a ton of weed. It was like probably like, it was probably like four ounces of weed on this thing. And they were like busting up looking really stoned. And the caption on the photo was, it's, me- it's medicinal. Yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I went, and I went legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also totally fine. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because if you had like a table full of beers, nobody would ever yeah. like think twice about saying anything. And that like is that what that. you need to measure it against because it's legal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah and, and you know, in, in 15 years, kids that are being coached right now in paddling. will be taking pictures of them just busting up a big mound of white powder going, <laughs> Medicinal, yeah. yeah, and then we'll all just be and then we'll all just yeah. be shooting heroin, and it'll be. God, I was talking about Molly, but but I mean, hey, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe all those drugs, maybe all drugs, maybe all I really, I, I mean, controversial as it is, I really do think that no drug should be illegal. No. I, think, I think all it does is produce a black market that yeah that produces crime just problems problems. <laughs> and if you can write, like you know, you don't have to say you don't have to say that it's even drugs that are that are objectively bad. If you. you they'd be they'd be less bad if they were somewhat regulated now yeah. do you agree with uh throwing back to a recent fgf episode do you agree with the ban of cigarettes in new zealand no i don't yeah same principle yeah, yeah same principle yeah. i just think it'll create a vacuum yeah. of, of, for, for more for crime and yeah see i believe that we should also ban fast food i i, I just think that i don't i will i will benefit if we do <laughs> You will, uh, you will, yeah. You, so you're dude, I'd be so sad if I wasn't a a, allowed to go buy a fucking McDouble <laughs> with McDouble. with add bacon and extra extra pickles. I'd be Think so about sad. How much healthier Guys, don't talk about don't talk about food right now because <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I okay. So we've talked about it on the podcast before. I used to have the worst gas, and I don't mean that from like a comedy perspective. I know it is comedic because farts are funny, but I used to have gas. And I mean that like in a setting like this, I would feel like shit because I'm not going to, I'm not just going to fart up a, a nasty fart storm. Yes, you fucking yeah. are. <laughs> I was, like, not all the time. You well, need maybe, a different maybe, example. Maybe I with think. you guys. Okay. I'm out at a, I'm out at good robot with a few people. I'm not, I'm not going to do it there. Sure. And I'm not going to get up and go to the bathroom every fucking five minutes. Yeah. So I just you end up getting, I end up getting a tummy ache aye, and you aye, know aye. that boy, when boy, when a boy gets a tummy ache, it's real bad news. And then that just went away. And I spent the last eight months of my life in total euphoria. And I, I also you were you were saying I like I, I want to because I want to kind of try to pinpoint this a little bit because I remember you came in one time and you were like, guys, my farts like they're gone, like they they don't gone. stink anymore, they're gone. gone. And and we were like, so what? Like, what do you think it was? And you were like, I don't know, but I've been taking a bunch of these pills 
like fertility based pills because it was when you and Kyler were doing the IVF stuff. And you were like, I think it might be because of all these these like like supplements supplements that you were taking. Also, I, I just want to say, I but think, now you're not taking the supplements. But I haven't been taking the supplements for many months. I, I right. think we're doing the listeners a disservice right now by not emphasizing how fucking bad. Like it's I brutal. can't smell anything. It's Your farts like, are. I do not have a sense of smell because of my CF. I can smell you. It causes psychological. It causes severe psychological distress to, to Jeremy. Ooh, yeah. And 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 so 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 I had a period of about eight months where it was completely gone away, and and I noticed obviously that it went away, but it was like January one or January two. I, I was like I, I had a day where I had bad gas, and I thought to myself, oh, oh I hope my farts aren't back. Now it's been a week. And I feel like shit. Well, every do you think day. you were like eating like shit and and stuff over the holidays? Like like no, 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 not really. Like not. I mean, you know, not as good as I usually do, but not, but not brutal. Mm. And I was and I was thinking about that, and I couldn't really find anything. And and now it's been a week, and I and now in contrast to having not had that issue for the last eight months, <clears throat> I feel horrible. And so today I'm doing it. I'm going to, I'm doing a 24 hour fast that I started. I ate breakfast this morning and I decided after that, cause I felt like shit, I'm not going to eat for 24 hours. I'm just going to try to flush my system and see what happens. See if I feel better and then start from scratch and yeah. Reset the, the biome in yeah. your belly. Yeah. I, I hope that works for you because fortunately I haven't been, for you, our haven't, sake. you haven't farted in here yet, but if you do, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. But that's the thing too. It's in the morning. It's in the morning and it's at night. Yeah. And it's not uh, during the day. Uh because you're being vulnerable sharing that story, I, I feel like I, I you. should be vulnerable and share my story too. Um, oh, don't worry, bro. I have the photo uh ready to go. Oh no, you don't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no I don't. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Yeah, I, uh, really funny. I I sent <laughs> and you know what? I honestly think I was fairly courteous because I texted you guys this morning at eight AM a photo of I was uh I just had a had a bowel movement. Oh, I can I can read the text. And uh <laughs> and and I wanna say I let you know what I was about to send you. Whereas the times, Jer, where you've sent uh, photos of your shit, uh, <laughs> hey, I don't I've do always that. been caught off guard. You, go, like, you, don't, at, not, you don't, at, don't not do it. At 827 AM, guys, I need to send you a picture of my shit, but I want to warn you first. Also, I need you to tell me if you think this is okay. Also, Taylor, you're going to be covered in shit in a few months anyway, so consider this a warm-up. Dude, the, the photo you sent me, I thought it was a joke. I opened it, I went, that's not shit. Right. You literally just sent me a toilet bowl full of spinach. It isn't shit. Full it's of, just like, spinach. And, I, and when I say full of spinach, I don't mean like full of spinach that came out of someone's ass. I mean like it looks like you just took a handful of perfectly good non-wilted I know, spinach leaves right? with stems attached and just drop them okay, into a bowl. This is why this is fucked up too. So last night I, I've been ordering... My response, a, hold on, my response to that photo was was simply <laughs> LOL, dude, try chewing next time. <laughs> Which is really funny. <laughs> I laughed really hard. Um, but the funny thing is, is that I've been getting a chef's plate boxes and I made the uh, uh, one pan uh, braised chicken uh, Greek chicken yeah. which, last night, which was great. It actually, was with, hold on. We, we actually got to throw to our uh, our, uh, our ad chef's plate ad yeah. and insert here. Okay. And yeah, so anyway, I uh, it it was uh, it was really tasty, and good. Uh, it was with orzo, and it was it was all made in this pot um, or pan with a bit of water in it. So it was like sort of like creamy, and the spinach was put into it, and the spinach was cooked. And so it was like wilt, wilted up like spinach does when you cook it. Yeah, you shat so, it out fresh. I know, right? Yeah. 
Wait, isn't that remarkable? It's it is. Sli- it's a slightly darker green. <laughs> which which yeah, is crazy because it's more last- like a puke green rather than a vibrant yeah, yeah. summer green. Because yeah, yeah. last night we were playing it was, a, uh, it was wet. That's all. It was in a wet bowl. Jerry, last night we were uh, <laughs> That's all. we were playing VR together and I was saying that on my stomach. I told Brian, was- I told Taylor we were, we were playing VR. We we're playing this game called Population One together, which is like basically very fun. Like war. So we're going around like shooting guys. And we need the full team to like do the job that we're trying to do, which is survive. And and Bri's like, oh fuck, guys, oh, I'll be right back. I gotta, I gotta go shit. And he leaves. And me and me and our our friend Nathan were like, oh well, I guess like just just two of us for a second. Brian comes back very quickly. Nathan's like, holy whoa, dude, that was quick. <laughs> two minutes later, Brian's like, oh god, guys, gotta go again, <laughs> guys. I was like, thank God, fuck? thank God for uh, insert second ad here. For uh, for my tushy because I was able yeah, to clean so yeah. quickly that I was able to get in and out really quick. But uh, I think it was I I think something that I ate must have made my stomach a bit off, so I didn't properly properly digest that spinach. But it, no, man, you didn't chew it. Do you think that's why I felt so shitty last night? Yeah, dude, you, sh- <laughs> dude, the photo is just perfectly good spinach. Also, it was like like full, not even like not even like it whole, wasn't holes in it. It like, wasn't wilted. Yeah, why yeah. wasn't it wilted? I know, right? It's like it's like you right? took it's like you took spinach. This and is then a, you wilted this, it while you while it cooked, and then it unwilted in your, in your digestive tract. This is a question. <laughs> this is a question for uh, our our listeners who uh, work in the medical field, uh, gastrointestinal intestinologist or whatever what the fuck your job would be called. Why? Um, how we and should for also me, and for me letters at sickboypodcast.com. Why? And how, guys? I will say too. Let's move just on for anybody, <laughs> just for anybody who really wants to see the photo, maybe we should just put it in the graphic content channel on our yeah. Discord. Let's do it on our Discord, yeah, because yeah. it's yeah. not even poop. Yeah, I know, right? It's not that. It's not that bad to look at. I mean, uh, anyway. which, which of course, uh, at this moment, uh, only our patrons can see that. So if you if you really want to see Brian's shit, you know where to go. Um, it, this is a cra- another crazy story in the news in the world of health. Um, you guys re- might remember in October of last year, I brought to a Feel Good Friday episode a story of a, a hospital in New York, uh, NYC Lang- Langone, I think it was called. Uh, there was a surgeon who performed a uh, the first successful transplant of a pig organ, which was a kidney. They they attached this kidney to a person who was um, who was not going to, to live. Um, but they were given permission by this uh, patient's family to transplant the kidney onto the person and just to see if they could, um, if the kidney would work for, you know, the last few days that this person was still technically alive. Uh, it was a success. It was the first of its kind. Now, now in the past, we have transplanted, uh, we, as if I had anything to do with it, we have <laughs> transplanted um, we as a species pig, pig valves and pig skin, mm-hmm. the, which has been successful. But, but like an internal organ, like a full kidney, this is the first time that anything like this has ever happened. Well, this week, um, in first surgery of its kind, Maryland man receives heart transplant from genetically modified pig. So a 57-year-old Maryland man with life-threatening heart condition... Uh, has become the first person in the world to successfully receive a transplanted heart from a genetically modified pig, sparking optimism that similar procedures could save the lives of thousands of Americans waiting for organs. So you might remember Crazy. that the the kidney that was in the pig um, was from a company that genetically modified the pigs. 
Um, and that's and that and that's how they that's how they that's how it worked. So they they kind of break this down of how this works in this article here. Uh, this is from the Washington Post, but this was fucking everywhere. Guys, is this fucked? I I love it. I think it's fucking amazing. Is it fucked? I mean, it's oh yeah, it's fucking like, it's, it's crazy. weird science, dude. It's crazy that we've figured out how to yeah. do it, and we still haven't figured out COVID therapeutics, right? <laughs> yeah, David. Yeah, where are priorities, man? David Bennett received the the heart on Friday at the University of Maryland Medical Center in Baltimore and was doing well. Um, doctors at the hospital and elsewhere had deemed Bennett ineligible for a human heart transplant after reviewing his medical records, leaving the experimental surgery as his quote, only option for survival. Whoa, what do you think was wrong with his medical records? That he couldn't take a human heart, but they were like, yeah. well, let's try a pig Oh, heart. he had a, yeah. I, I actually read he had a, um, he had a, a heart, uh, a heart condition for heart failure. And so it, um, it was deemed that it was a, it would have been a waste of oh, a, interesting. Of a, of a heart, of, it, a, of a human heart transplant. Okay. That, I mean, that sounds crass to say, but yeah. that, that it would have got, that the heart would have ultimately gone to waste. Yeah. Interesting. Cause so that, that was, that must've been the New York times article. Cause in this one, in the Washington post, it said it did not specify what disqualified him quote. It was either die or do this transplant. Bennett, uh, Bennett said in the statement Whoa. before the surgery, he was, he said, quote, I want to live. I know it's a shot in the dark, but it's my last choice. The Food and Drug Administration granted emergency authorization for the historic procedure on New Year's Eve through its compassionate use provision that allows experimental products to be used outside of clinical trials in cases where the patient has a serious or life-threatening condition. Bennett had been bedridden for months, hospitalized with arrhythmia, an irregular heartbeat, and connected to a machine to keep him alive. On Friday morning, surgeons removed the heart from the pig which was previously Rev- Revivacore, a regenerative medicine company based in Blacksburg, Virginia, um, and put it in a device to preserve it until it was transplanted into Bennett. So video released by the hospital showed the device, uh, a container about the size of a microwave, being brought into the operating room on a cart. Here's some footage from the actual transplant itself. A uh, very short, short uh, piece of <laughs> It's like a comedy syringe. <laughs> and of course, we're watching this on YouTube. If you want to check the podcast out on YouTube, you can see uh, all the visuals. <laughs> Did you see the side? Uh, that that, I it know the like syringe. A, it, it was really funny. This, uh, this says uh, Bennett was ineligible for a human heart transplant or pump due to a heart failure condition and an irregular heartbeat. Oh, So the arrhythmia played into it then. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was going to be something more along the lines of like, uh, he wasn't eligible because... It was done at Christmas time, and he had been a bad boy yeah, throughout right. the year, yeah. and like he, he was, was going to get a lump yeah. of coal, but yeah. he just instead got Santa was a like, pig heart. "Well, you were naughty, so you don't get human heart." That's how it works, children. <laughs> um, that's right. Elf on the shelf is watching. He will fucking ruin your your options yeah, you for are. for transplant. That's <laughs> uh, not real. quote. It is nestled in its little preservation chamber, waiting for our call to action. Bartley P. Griffith. The surgeon who did the transplant said in a video before the surgery. So this is a photo of Dr. Griffith and uh, the patient, uh, Mr. Burnett, uh, right here. Uh, skin and heart valves from pigs. <laughs> Dude, that guy, that guy looks like the type of guy who would wake up from the surgery and then... Go start, straight to Vegas. Start, <laughs> yes, he does. Or start oinking and go... <laughs> Oh, I guess I'm a pig now. Yeah, <laughs> like, <some laughs> shitty dad joke. <laughs> uh, skin and heart valves from pigs, which are in some ways biologically similar to humans and primates, making them ideal candidates for transplants, have been successfully transplanted into humans in the past, like I said. Um, 
A type of virus carried in pig cells that could infect human cells had long prevented full organ transplants, but researchers in 2015 successfully used CRISPR to remove the virus from the pig's cell's uh, DNA. So, so that CRISPR uh, technique was used to basically knock these cells out, allowing these organs to potentially work in humans. Uh, the pig whose heart was transplanted into Bennett, uh, Bennett had three genes knocked out that would have caused the organ to be rejected. And that pig's name was Babe. That's <coughs> actually? No. Uh, um, <laughs> six human genes that in, uh, induce the organ can be accepted by the recipient's immune system were inserted. So Griffith uh, said in a statement that the breakthrough procedure, quote, brings us one step closer to solving the organ shortage crisis, which is a huge problem in the U.S. Uh, more than 106,000 people are on the organ transplant waiting list in the U.S., according to the federal government, which says that 17 people in the country die every day yeah, waiting for transplant. This, um, this is uh, something that was in um, the snippet that I read uh, this morning um, was also really interesting just in terms of um, transplantation and how, um, how it will work for, for human, human organ transplant. Any type of transplant was... The team at the University of uh, Maryland Medical Center also used a new drug made by Conixa Pharmaceuticals to help prevent the organ from being rejected by the patient's body. Mm. So, possibly like a new, a new or a new, a new like anti-rejection drug. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And which because that's the problem with rejection. Yes. Oh, sorry, that's the problem with transplant. Yes, transplants. like like I could get lung transplant from a human, but my body might just reject it. So yeah. I, I wonder if that I wonder if that new drug would actually even. <clears throat> help folks who are getting transplants um, from, from human donors as yeah. well, you know, in the, in the long run, mm. um, because that is a, that's a huge issue. Th I found this to be fucking fascinating. In perhaps the most famed attempt at animal-to-human organ transplanting, a heart from a baboon was transplanted into a newborn girl known as Baby Faye in 1984. The surgery was seen as a long shot at the time and fears that the child Stephanie Faye Beauclair would reject the heart were realized 21 days later when she died of complications, uh. including kidney failure. Um, Barnett, uh, Bennett said, uh, I look forward to getting out of bed. Huh. So how do you know it's did, Bennett? Uh, Bennett, probably Bennett. Did he, uh, did okay. he oink too? Uh, yeah, yeah. Brian's really hoping for a dad. He didn't oink. He squealed though. <laughs> he squealed. I look forward to getting out I of bed. I look forward to getting out. He squealed. Hey, you guys got any shit I can roll around in? <laughs> yeah. Cause it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. How funny though would it be <laughs> if you just started living real slop like, you know, like <laughs> you're you just starts like eating, a pig. starts eating out of a trough, dude. This is this is this is like this is a this is like a really this is a direct to DVD movie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about this week was um. You know, we've done we've done a couple of episodes in in recent past where we we talked about concussions. Um, you know, we spoke to Danny, who was in a, a pretty severe car accident and left her with a concussion. Uh, one of our Patreon exclusive live shows was with an incredible guest who uh, who who was electrocuted mm -hmm. and and was left with a, a electrocution based concussion. Um, crazy story, so crazy, and and uh, we're going to be bringing that episode to the public soon. But all this talk about concussions um, made me think about um, made me think about this video right here. Do you think that do you think that this guy 
has a concussion. One, two, three. <laughs> no, that's not real. Oh my! It God, is real. Dude. It is real. So yeah. what? What we're seeing? So what we just saw for those of you that are just listening? What was the caption on the video? Uh, it, it was a. Uh, it, it was something to the degree of like uh, a a new and unique way to put nos to use. So this guy was in an office chair. The office chair is is um is anchored by two uh two pulley systems that are like attached to like you know walls or whatever and the guy is sitting in an office chair with full on like pr- protective gear like a helmet and uh coveralls and there's two bottles of nos which is which is the uh the bottle of of nitrous oxide that goes into cars to make them go really fast and they l- they lit off the bottles of nos which then propelled him into a death spiral and this guy like we watch probably, it again. yeah he's watch again this guy's out. this guy's spinning at like <laughs> he's spinning at like 200 miles per hour whoa yeah Dude, what do you think he was doing what do you think he was doing probably at max max speed probably I think like, that's probably fake. like 100 rpm no it's wait, wait play it one more that's time like some li- oh, again okay here we go There's you gotta watch time, this on yeah. youtube folks one, two, it's some sort three. of jackass shit yeah, because he looks like he almost just becomes a sandbag. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, there's so much G-force there that his body just goes into, like, fucking ragdoll mode. Yeah. I don't like it. Because the, <laughs> the centrifugal force would be trying to, to like, propel him out. So the question it, is, do you think he got a concussion from that? Well, I, I think his brain turned into scrambled eggs. Because it doesn't show him at the end. I feel like he died. No, I wouldn't <laughs> have said that he would have gotten a concussion from it. I would have said that he got a very severe neck injury. My thought is that because the way his legs are, I think most of the like, like damage based force would be at the extremities of his legs. So his feet, because like you see the way his legs are out. He got taller for sure. His head was just spinning in pretty much one place. Mm-hmm. I think his I think his feet got fucked up. So this was all just a just like a. Do you guys think he got a concussion? That was <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think about much of it. I just saw it went. <laughs> I'm put that in the show. <laughs> Have you been scrolling TikTok? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it came across my Instagram feed, I think. That's really funny. Um, let yeah, us know in the comments below, folks. What do you think? Do you think you got a concussion? Do you think it's real? Um, would you do that? Would you do that? You guys remember when I sent when I sent you guys the video of the guy on the hel- on top of the helicopter? That yeah. was fake. Thing moving, yeah, and, I was yeah. like, and I was like, guys, is this? Yeah, that was real? not real. No, it was not real, and I felt I felt stupid. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> um, next week, uh, I'm really looking forward to the routine checkup episode that we are putting out. It was from a company in Malaysia called Wonderleaf, and 
um, they created the world's first unisex condom. And it was a fascinating conversation about, uh, about sexual health, about the, the process of, of getting approval for a new medical advice, uh, medical device that, that is, uh, within the realm of, of sexual health. Um, and we, we spoke with the, with the father daughter, uh, physician duo that were behind the product. Um, but to kind of like prep you for that episode, uh, we talked about uh, a few things. We talked about the unisex condom. We also talked about this thing called the cap condom, which is the same idea as the unisex condom, but it's it's uh, only meant for the cap is only meant for the for the penis. But it has it's pretty much the same product, just not quite as uh, robust, I guess. Like that would have been revolutionary. Yeah. Like because if you're if you're if you're with a if you're with a partner. And you're not worried about sexually transmitted diseases, but you don't want to have a child. Yeah. Like if you had a condom that didn't cover your whole penis. Yeah. The penis beanie. So w- when we talked about yeah. it, when we talked about it on the conversation, you, you kind of have to see it like, like to, to, to really wrap yeah. your head around it. Yeah. So I actually have a, a, a video here, which is a, um, a video on how to, to put on the, um, the oh cap condom. So again, the unisex condom is pretty much the same idea, except it's a lot longer. But you can see here, you you wrap it around the the dick. I wish my just, pubes looked like that. I know those pubes are unbelievable. It's, uh music is really good. Hey, pull the pubic pubic hairs out of the way, and then you just wrap it around. Like it really looks like saran wrap. It's yeah. just like a saran saran wrap your dick, and then you're you're having a good time. So it's, it seems like it's quite the process, to be honest. Though right now, it definitely is not as quick <laughs> as a as a as a rolly. So so that's for folks. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a, a sort of. Uh, uh, a pre, so a, uh, a sort of preview into the the conversation ahead. But the other thing that we talked about that was so a fascinating, bit of like a, a bit of like a pre cum, yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit of pre cum before the, uh, the 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 main show. <laughs> Fuck oh. off, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but he, the other thing we talked about was this catheter that they created. Yeah, that's and cool. I, I thought this was really interesting. So, so this catheter is, um, it's an attachment, like a condom based attachment. And you can see here again. We're watching this on YouTube. Um, it's a it, it it's like a pouch that goes over the head of the penis. And say you're in the hospital, and you're bedridden, you can't actually get up to go to the bathroom. Uh, getting a catheter shoved all the way up your your ding dong uh, is not very fun. Holy shit, dude! Just thinking about it, man, makes yeah. me weird. And mm. so what they've created here is basically this this catheter that um, it's a catheter attachment. So so you can see on the right. Um, this thing goes over the head of the penis and it just sits there as like a cap and you actually don't need the catheter to go into the penis. You can just attach a catheter tube to the tip of this thing. And then, you know, you have to pee, you just pee into the funnel essentially. Yeah. See, I, I see this as being very problematic, uh, for the sounding community because <laughs> as folks who enjoy sticking things in their dickles, 
This is uh, takes all the fun away from. Yeah, it. but it's op- But it's you know it's optional. It's optional. Like yeah. I like I say this the, is for I, the people who aren't into the sounding community. Okay. Okay. Like I said, uh, it, when you say it that way, it makes more sense. Yeah. I said in the in the episode uh, in the episode with our uh, with our friends at Wonderleaf that um, when I was in the hospital, if I wanted to pee, I had to. I didn't have a catheter, so if, so in my case, if I wanted to to pee, I had to roll over, which was excruciating. Yeah. Because my pelvis was broken, mm-hmm. and. And that and that was horrible, and with this, I don't have to have the catheter, and I don't have to move to to pee in that situation where I'm dealing with broken bones. I can just stay there and just it will lay just, on your back. And it's a tube that just directs yeah. it. You know, it's, it's, like I, I was going, wow, that would have been extremely helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my favorite use of this is uh, what Brian said, which is be ga- great for gamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you and, don't want to get and, up and, from your and, gaming and, seat. Yeah. You just stick that thing in, piss in your and road tripping. Road See, trips. I I need them to make a uh, one for the for uh, pooping then too, so that I don't have to miss any game time with the with the boys. You know, yeah. There's so many problems to be solved out there. Like this is this is weird, and we talked about me fasting for 24 hours earlier, and I'll kind of bring that up for one second again, but. <laughs> When, like, when I eat during the day, I love food, but in the work day, like, I get into a zone where I'm like, I don't want to do anything but what I'm doing. And food is just a distraction to me during the day. And fucking take going to the bathroom is a distraction. Like, I just go, fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you could be so much more productive if you didn't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And actually, to, and, and in a weird way, because I wasn't hungry then. This morning, when I was like, oh, I'm going to do a 24-hour fast, there was a part of me that went, sweet. I don't have to fucking eat today. Dude, it, it's funny. <laughs> and I meant that from like a productivity, wasting time. It's funny to me that, you, that you've made this realization, but you haven't done anything to take care of it. Because like, all you need is diapers taken care of. Yeah. yeah all you need is a feeding tube shoved up easy. your nose and your belly. Yeah, diapers are messy. Yeah. You know? And feeding tube and feeding... Or soylent. Just buy a fucking <laughs> soylent and drink probably it. the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be having, I mean, Kyle's going to be squirting soylent out of her titties like for months yeah. on end. Like just get, <laughs> get her to do a pump and dump whenever she's got the, uh, yeah. the, the too much alcohol in her system like or whatever. Any, and, like any excess goes to me. Yeah. And then I just don't eat. Yeah, she goes, food. she goes, the baby can't have this. I had two glasses of wine, you know, right. for breakfast. <laughs> so then, yeah. Typical Kyla. Right. And, and yeah. you know, she's pumping dumps to you and you go, sweet, I've got my lunch and my dinner for the day. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you're joking. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying you've got, you've got answers to your questions. I've got, right? the, mo- I've got the mother's got milk. Solutions. If, if your newborn child like that is the best food that they can possibly have. It's got to be good enough for you, right? I mean, like this morning you, I had dude. two pieces of bread with butter. Like yeah. some people call that toast. Yeah, that's what I had. For <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I yo man, if I had a if I had a source for breast milk, not only would I be making jewelry out of it, I'd also be drinking it on a regular basis. I think you we have what? to be worried about Jeremy possibly holding uh, uh, holding. Oh, you better not bring that shit in this office because I will, I will fucking drink it. I Honestly, think you might be holding somebody hostage. I your, think it would be, I, I think breast milk. milk, I think breast milk would work <clears throat> perfect for uh, popsicles. Uh, well, there was the, there was the company in, in uh, the UK that made the breast milk ice cream. What did they call it? Right, what was yeah. it? Was there a name for it? This has got to be a better name than uh, breast milk ice cream. Uh, Big <laughs> Mommy Milker's Delight or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I thought, thought this Big was Mommy Milker's. 
Oh, this is dumb. <laughs> um, oh my yeah. god. Uh, so here's an interesting article. This uh, this is this is this is from Boston Magazine. Actually, this was posted to Twitter from our our uh, good buddy Mark Hennick, um, who's always out there doing great advocacy work for the uh, mental health community. Um, the, the title of this article is, I love this. Your children could learn to control their emotions with a video game. It's called rage control. And it's part of a study at mass general, a clinical trial underway at Massachusetts general hospital is teaching children how to use video games in a brand new way. The technique is called rage control and it helps kids regulate their emotions and heart rate using a video game, which interacts with the user through a heart rate monitor. Dude, this is old as shit. I, uh, my brother and I did this <laughs> when we so were... So dismissive. <laughs> my brother and I did this when we were kids. We played video games together, and the person that would lose would just fucking... would go into this level of rage that was unlike anything you could this ever imagine. rage control. And, and, we, and my brother, one time he took his foot, he smashed the PlayStation 2 when I, when I beat him in a game of FIFA. He just smashed it, and then his rage was controlled. Like, yeah, no. It was like that uh, rage room is down the street. I think this in, is a little bit different. Yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, Carrie uh, Vaudrill, uh, an assistant in psychiatry at Mass General and the study's principal investigator, says rage control was originally developed by researchers at Boston Children's Hospital who studied the method in combination with a type of cognitive behavioral therapy called anger control therapy. Mm. The name itself stands for regulate and gain emotional control, unlike Dennis. Oh. Now, uh, Vaudrill <laughs> is conducting her own study. The research began in 2015 and is set to finish this year. Participant enrollment ends in May, possibly June. Quote, the hope was that having kids participating in these techniques while playing a video game might help them translate using the techniques into daily life. Yeah. The techniques in question include deep breathing, which has proved particularly <laughs> effective, imagining a favorite place or peaceful garden, counting to 10 to slow the mind, and mindfulness exercises. These skills are then applied to the video game in which players compete to shoot red asteroids before they hit the earth while allowing blue asteroids to pass. As children play the game, they wear heart monitors on their wrists. Now, I read this and I was like, dude, that game does not seem like the game that could be like, yeah. uh, like optimally used for this. Like, yeah. They should be playing any FromSoft game, like the, the Souls series, where you, just, you know you're going to die 7,000 times <laughs> before you beat the first boss of 20. Like... You just lose. Guys, like, how, how jacked does your heart rate get in the Warzone final circle? Oh, oh dude. Yeah. How jacked does your heart rate get in Population 1 in VR? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it Especially when you're climbing. <laughs> Man, we got such a good workout climbing the reactor tower last night. It was oh really good. Oh um, I, I imagine that it would be pretty stressful letting... <laughs> letting it's actually true. <laughs> what, I was the, sweating, dude. I was sweating. <laughs> the red asteroids um, deflate defending those but then letting the blue asteroids through do they just smash into the planet and kill everybody no the blue asteroids come through and then once they've passed you they 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 break off into lettering that basically just says like you're you're a bitch yeah. <laughs> and they've got and, they, and, they, and they've got and they're rich in in raw materials suck a cock <laughs> i mean it's the same stuff that you would hear playing video games online yeah but oh it's my just like god guys the things that get said in video game oh, lobbies so toxic it's crazy yeah it's crazy if you want to know bananas. if racism is alive and well Play, play, video on, games. play online yeah. video games yeah. yeah it is wild. uh quote so if you are approaching your threshold heart rate it turns yellow 
sorry, um, when you're actually playing the game, there's a feedback on the screen, basically a ring that changes color. So if you're approaching your threshold heart rate, it turns yellow. And if you exceed your threshold heart rate, it turns red. If the child is unable to lower his or her heart rate, signifying that his or her emotions are out of control before the red before the ring turns red, the game stops. Just kind of a cool idea. Yeah, you know, it's like you, oh, you're in the you're in the yellow. You better like cool it. Oh, you're in the red. Like time to breathe. Time mm-hmm. to breathe. Uh, the game made by a company called Neuromotion also has a function called Purple Comets, during which a purple comet appears on the screen and changes the, the color a player needs to shoot down. This forces the child to quickly adapt to changing rules and environments without panic. Baudrill hopes that depending on the outcome of the trial, the video game could either work as an accompaniment or a replacement for therapy. Quote, some families can't get their kids to therapy. Some families can't find a therapist. Some kids refuse to go to therapy, she says. What Hmm. we're trying to do is see if we can cut the therapy out and just teach relaxation skills and have them play the game and see if that is helpful. So I see what's going on here. They're they're training kids to no longer have emotions so that they can more easily control them when they grow up. Yep. Yeah, we're creating the perfect soldier. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> yeah. The winter, this is the beginning. The winter soldier. This is the beginning. <laughs> I think that's cool. really cool. Uh, honestly, I think my brother's way was more effective in helping him regulate his emotions. Yeah, but that's his... so expensive because you gotta get a new PS2 every right. like yeah, every it's... fucking odd month. You're right. Video games are so interesting because like you, they can pro- they can produce such rage, but they're also so helpful for your cognitive. Oh my god, it's crazy! I mean yeah. this this is just one of I truly think like many 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 applications of what video games can do for people on a whole mm. spectrum of of taking care of a whole spectrum of issues. Like, like when I think about when I think about putting like putting a kid in front of Zelda ocarina of time in like 1996 yeah. and going figure this yeah, out puzzles yeah. like that is use hard. your use your mind and yeah, yeah. that takes a lot of fucking brain power like, to, to or or taking or taking a kid putting them in front of grand theft auto 6 and going <laughs> don't kill innocent people is grand theft auto 6 coming out uh, grand theft auto 5 don't run out of money and then they have to yeah, be yeah, you know yeah. very like yeah. they capital the economy and so, yeah. but uh but the interesting thing is, is like if you had a if you had a video, like the same functions and puzzles that you solve in a video game, if that was in a textbook and somebody just did it with a pencil and a parent saw their kid sitting down and solving those puzzles for four hours in a row, they Praise. would be like, oh my God, my yeah. kid that's why, that's why the parents. That's what video games That's why the parents whose kids are. play like pen and paper RPGs but, are like, but yeah, not cool, ex- But yeah, not, exclusive, but not yeah. exclusively. Like they obviously do have, they obviously do have, risks or harms associated yes. with them where you can where you can become overly obsessed and be and and have anger be induced when anyone when out there who doesn't away. who says yeah. that video games aren't addictive sure, yeah. is is lying yeah they, de- they, they definitely I totally agree. And, and i also don't necessarily mean uh, like i was using four hours as an example for sitting in front of the book not that i think it's healthy to sit in front of video games for four hours i would row. never do that Though I would play video abs- games for four hours. Straight. I would never do that either. Minimum I, eight. I mean, I do look at. I mean, some games. I mean, obviously, every game it's it's game dependent. But I think, and I and I look at Zelda as like a really good example of like it is. It's a, it is a great example of an of an example of a game that Portal, is like Portal. Portal doesn't be have be a good one. It doesn't have like it doesn't have like the violence that yeah, yeah. that a lot of parents are worried about. Yeah. But it's got this like really complex solving problem component to it. 
It's f- and it's incredibly fun. Yeah. Uh, my, that, I mean, my, that, that's what's so great about about like the 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 Oculus and like the, these new VR platforms is that a big a big um, a big portion of the market of games that exist in that ecosystem are puzzle solvers. Yeah, and and yeah. they're not quite as big on like consoles, right? So like, th- there are puzzle games, sure, on on you know PlayStation and Xbox and and PC, but but um, VR just is is such a is such a great portal for puzzle games. It's so immersive. It's that, so immersive, yeah. and you know, it's it's like this it's this escape room in your living room, and mm-hmm. it, it's, I mean, like if if I had a kid right now, like my nephews Natasha, um, her her sons just got an Oculus, and they were here at the uh, studio the other day. And I was like, guys, give me your, like they brought their Oculus. I just loaded up their Oculus with a bunch of amazing puzzle games. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be so good for you. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then there's uh, VR porn. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> guys, <laughs> VR porn. Have I told you about it yet? No, have I haven't. I, have I, I talked to you guys about it yet? I haven't checked it out, but uh, tell, please tell me about You've it. You've had an Oculus Brian for like three months. Dude, Brian, had, Brian I, doesn't watch porn. I have a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend Shh, and a wife. Dude. Shut the fuck up. It's not a competition. And that's, and that's why. Because just because of that, that's why you're into this pornography. Dude, oh, stop it. <laughs> it is fucking weird. Oh it's, yeah? Yeah. I, is it too immersive? At, too at immersive. First, it, at, at first it was. Really? Yeah, actually, like the first time I did it, I was I came out of it and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. That was that was a lot. See, the moment now I'm like. Now you're settled. I'm good, guys. The moment the the moment when you finish finish jerking off and you come and then you just feel a little bit of disappointment in yourself. <laughs> the disappointment's got to be way worse Yo, when you have a fucking it VR is, goggles it is, on. It is the disappointment is you know the part where you feel all the shame. <laughs> the shame is much higher when you come out of VR. I gotta say, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Whether you're sitting there naked or like sitting there yeah. and you just got a fucking yeah. VR headset yeah, on. Yeah, man. It, you're you looking feel, for your, you, fumbling for your controllers. You, do. you feel like a total yeah, dick out. Can't find the control. You feel like a total piece of shit. It is honestly, it's it's so it's I, so honestly, I've been meaning it's to so shameful. Oh my but God. it's uh, but it is it's it's quite fun. Uh speaking of porn, let's get on to this week's uh edition of What the Hell? Is it actually porn related? Yes, it is. Interesting. Do you guys know? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of spoiled a little bit. Do you guys know who this is? I do not. Uh, no. No? Do you know what she's holding there? Uh, uh, but a really wide butt plug? It looks like a uh, one of those fish that uh, beta fish. So this is Stephanie Matto or Matto. Um, she's holding a, uh, a bottle. There's a rose petal in that bottle. And uh, she was, uh, she gained fame uh, as a former 90 Day Fiance star. Um, And (laughs) I'm going to tell you, um, I'll tell you, you'll probably get it now, but I'll. This isn't the NFT girl, is it? uh, No, but she does have something to do with NFTs. uh, And farts? Yep. I know about this. Uh, oh, no. So th- this. Hey, guys. Today, I'm going to be showing you a day in the life of a girl who sells her farts in a I jar. I know about this story. So oh. I like to get things rolling with some beans, a protein muffin, Shut sometimes the fuck even up. a yogurt. Less sugar is better. Some hard-boiled eggs. And today, I decided I was going to make myself a protein shake with some yogurt added to it. And oh, I 
I was feeling it for sure. Uh, while I wait for those parts to develop, Taylor, you're I not going to read. Believe I'm very smart. Where this goes. To read. And then after I'm ready to go, I go ahead and, you know, do my work, do my job. I don't need to show you that, guys. But I like to add in little flower petals. I feel like they attach the scent and make it last longer. And when I'm finally finished, with my jar, I like to leave a personalized note. I want to thank you so much to the 97 people who have already purchased their jar of farts. And as you know, they're on sale right now, 50% off with $1,000. So go to my unfiltered and check it. <laughs> she said they're 50, they're, they are one, 50, 50% off is $1,000 or 50% off 1000 Well, uh, this woman, Stephanie, was making uh, in Canadian money $65,000 a week from selling farts in a jar. Oh, my God, can I, do you guys think that I could monetize? No, I mean, why not? I uh, mean, there's a market for sure, obviously, uh, yeah. for sure. And your farts would last on that rose petal. Let me tell you, <laughs> that rose petal would be wilted, guys. <laughs> there's a gap in the market here that needs to be exploited. Well, you might want to just take pause on that because there's a reason why I brought her into what the health, and it's not this because is the reason why I it's know about not this. because she farts in a jar and makes money. Uh, Stephanie Motto. This has got to be on your mind. They've got to be talking about this. They haven't covered her yet. Wow. And I can't wait until they do. Stephanie Motto um, has revealed that she was rushed to the hospital because of her job of selling farts in a jar. Because she was eating way too many fucking. Stephanie Motto recently recently shed light on her unusual stream of income, explaining how she utilized her 260K strong following as her customer base to sell her pungent product which retailed at a pricely $1,000 a jar. At one point, demand was so high for Stephanie's wind that she was producing up to 50 jars worth of farts a week. However, she may have squeezed out one too many as the reality star had to make a hospital dash. She told Jam Press, quote, I thought I was having a stroke and that these were my final moments. I was overdoing it. Stephanie, who is 31 recalled how she consumed three protein shakes and a huge bowl of black beans soup in one day. Guys, I'm 31. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, before feeling that, quote, something was not right with a pressure in her stomach that moved upwards throughout her body. I have to, I have to say, guys, honestly, I'm really proud of her because like, it would be oh, really get it. easy. Go get it. It would guys. be really easy to fake it. You know, like put those videos out. She was not faking it. Act like you're yeah. doing all that stuff, you know, and like buy. Because here's the thing that I wonder: if if I bought that jar from spray. her, if I bought that jar from her, and that showed up in the mail, let's say, let's say she, I guess she lives in the states, right? So let's say she lives in uh, L.A., and I order a, a jar, a fart in a jar, and let's say it takes two weeks for that fart in a jar to r- arrive at my doorstep. Mm-hmm. Am I going to open that jar and smell fart? Like, does the fart? I think like, it does. Is it literally fart poo poo smell that I don't know, stays guys, in there? But guy, I don't even need to change my diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm protected. I'm insulated from this problem. <laughs> she said, uh, quote, it was quite hard to breathe. And every time I tried to breathe, I'd feel it, breathe in, I'd feel pinching sensation around my heart. And that, of course, made my anxiety escalate. I actually called my friend and asked if they could come over, over to drive me to the hospital because I thought I was experiencing a heart attack. Stephanie, who hails from Connecticut, even closer, Connecticut, uh, arrived at the hospital later that evening, but didn't tell the doctors about her unique career, only the changes made to her diet. Quote, it was made clear that I was experiencing, what I was experiencing was not a stroke or a heart attack, but a very intense gas pains, she said. I was advised to change my diet and take a gas suppressant medication, 
which has effectively ended my business. Stephanie has now retired from selling farts in a jar. Well, she doesn't retire. She just sell less of them. She can't do it anymore. Not, not farting. Which is a relief <laughs> to her family. Uh, but she has managed to find another unique, unique, unique way of making money from it by introducing farts in a jar NFTs. So you can now buy, Fuck and th- th- I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm plugging this for her. Um, so Jared you know, bought one already. That's yeah, funny. yeah. This is my third NFT is a fart in a jar NFT. Um, is there going to be a consolidation that hopefully the price goes up? Um, uh, I mean, ho- that's the hope, you know? Um, <laughs> farts in a jar. Uh, sorry, it is fartjarsnft.com. Guys, the word fart. <laughs> it's just way too much. I gotta say though, so go to fart, go to fart jar, go to fart jars These actually are really great NFTs. Like are I really they? like them. Yeah, they're they're fucking hilarious. Like it's all these different uh, jars with faces on them and toots inside them, and they're uh, they're cute little characters. They look like Pixar animation fart jars. And I, lo- I, 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 I the bum. I love I great. love the transition of, and they're only 0.05 ETH right now. So oh right. I love the transition which of is, calling which is um, like a lot. 0. 0.05, 0.05 ETH. It's probably like seventy-five bucks, hundred bucks. Uh, no, it's more than that. Um, I got 0. 0.05 ETH. I should buy one. You should actually buy one, Bry. I love oh. how images are just now NFTs. Yep. Somewhere. <laughs> Sora, Summer. Links are NFTs. <laughs> Hey, do you want this URL? <laughs> you want to own uh, this URL? They are 161 US dollars right now. That was pretty close. Yep. Yep. So yeah, farts in a jar, NFTs. Um, well, folks, this was fun. That was fun. This was very fun. And uh, if you want to continue uh, joining us on the fun train, uh, <laughs> we are over at YouTube. You can subscribe, hit the bell icon where you can see this content and follow along. Um, but hey, you know what? If you're not on YouTube, but you're listening on Spotify, guess what? You can leave a rating on Spotify now. So we'd love it if you uh, went over to Spotify, even if you, you don't use Spotify, but you have it on your phone, uh, go to Spotify and leave a rating. It's just below um, our page, our main page there. You'll see the uh, the little star rating thing. And of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you haven't done it yet, leave a rating and a review there. We'd love to uh, read your reviews. I just did that that fast. You just did just it right did there. It. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Would you rate us? Uh, four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, That's yeah. not helpful. That's interesting. Could it, there's five stars there. Uh, You're on the yeah, show. I think it's, yeah, we could do better. Um, okay. And uh, if you want to further support the podcast, um, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be ways in the future you can do that. Um, NFTs. We, we've been, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe. I, honestly, I think we should talk about Sickway NFTs. I also and think a, that we should build our own blockchain. And a gaming channel. Yeah, we were talking about that. We, we'll see if that... I want to do it. Yeah, we might. We might do it. Um, um, uh, but also, uh, we've been talking... And we haven't done this... We haven't done this publicly yet, but uh, we're also talking about uh, opening up our Discord to the public. Um, and we would love to have you over there. If you're if you're someone who utilizes Discord, it's, it's a fucking awesome platform uh, that allows people to interact with, um, with a whole community of folks and... Right now, we have a thriving Discord that is exclusive through our Patreon, but um, there's talks about maybe opening that up to the public uh, so we can have even more fun discourse with uh, folks that listen to the podcast from all over the world. We will do that, and but the but also 
the folks on Patreon already yeah, f- will uh, will will still have their own. Yeah, yeah, we're, place. we're we're gonna have a special place for you because special, special. you're all special <laughs> on Discord. Yeah, that's right. Still, and uh, <laughs> I think that if if uh, today's episode has has taught me anything, it's that um, everything that you're showing throwing in the trash um, could be uh, sold online. Um, so yep. whatever you're throwing out, don't throw it out. Find a market for it. There's an oddball out there who will pay top dollar for it. And um, I I personally would love to know the weirdest thing that you've ever sold to somebody. And you can do that by sending us a letter. Uh, uh, letters at sickboypodcast.com. I like this. We'll go with, for 2022, a new theme of asking for these really interesting letters based on these really interesting questions that you ask. Yeah. So I What's think that's great. the weirdest thing that you've ever sold to somebody? I sold this week my dog crate on Facebook Marketplace. I didn't realize how it was the first thing I sold on it. It was really easy. Great. Right on. Yeah. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the show, you can do that at sickboypodcast.com slash contact. Uh, thank you, as always, to the people who make this show happen. Jeff Lonis, our manager, Rich O'Coin for the theme music, and everybody else, we love you. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.